Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Using, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. For today's interview, I'm very excited to be joined by Sophie Campbell, the writer and frequent artist of IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, spearheading the Turtles Reborn era of the franchise after the series' 100th issue. Sophie's also well-known for creator-owned works like Wet Moon and Shadow Eyes, as well as the artist of the 2015 Gem in the Holograms relaunch and books like Glory from Image Comics. Sophie, thanks so much for joining today. How are you doing? Good, and thanks for having me. Absolutely happy to do it. I've been... Very, um, very like delightedly surprised at how much I've been loving Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this year, not because of any because I had no expectations of the comics. It was a franchise that I loved in the 90s and I really haven't returned to. It's like always been on my back burner. And finally, we had some critics and writers over on CBH were like, hey, you you should really read the Turtles comics that are coming out right now. They're great. And I've been so happy that I have. They're some of my favorite comics of the year um so i'm super excited to get to talk to you about that and your other works uh for those listening some mild spoilers for what's going on in turtles may follow uh, i do highly recommend reading the run first uh first question i have for you is i was reading up on some interviews you had done in the past and one was in the comics journal circa like 2016 you mentioned that you were offered like ongoing artwork or like ongoing, um, you know, as the artist with the turtles, but that you were like, you felt like you were maybe too much of a fan. Like you'd be too invested yeah. to do it at that point in time. And I'm curious now that you're doing it, um, what changed? Like what, what kind of got you to the place where you were like, Oh, okay. I can take on this franchise, you know, full time. Yeah. They, God, what was it? It was after, no, it was before Northampton, mm-hmm. the Northampton arc. And they didn't, you know, back then, you know, Tom Waltz was still, you know, doing his thing, but they offered me like a full, you know, run doing the art. I, I can't yeah. remember how, like if it was just one story arc or what, but yeah, I said no because um, it was just, you know, I, the, the Leonardo micro issue, which was the first one I did in, in like 2011, it was just like, it was a real ordeal for me. Like, you know, early on, I think, you know, it was, you know, the Turtles book had like just started and, you know, nobody really knew what it was going to be or what like they quite wanted it to be, you know, like I think mm-hmm. like Nickelodeon people, you know, they're like, you know, it's like this whole new thing. Like, you know, Peter Laird had like just sold the property like a few years before. And yeah, I think everybody was kind of just like, you know, walking on eggshells a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, every fan has like their own idea of like what the characters are going to be and what they're going to look like, you know, like there's, you know, like everybody's just like, ah, I like the turtles with tails, like in Mirage. No, I hate the tails. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. Everybody has their own idea. And you know, being a fan, you know, I went into it like, okay, I'm just going to draw the turtles like how I do in my fan art all the time mm-hmm. or whatever, without kind of any regard for what like Dan Duncan was doing and that kind of stuff. And, you know, like that was no good, you know, cause you know, I drew the turtles, you know, I like the tails and, you know, I drew them kind of sh- short and stumpy and, you know, they're like, eh, you know, the turtles are a little too short you know, could you make them a little bigger? You know, this really minor stuff that like nowadays would be like no problem. They're like, sure, taller turtles, you got it. Yeah. But like at the time, you know, it was like my first full turtles issue that I'd ever done. So I was just like, okay, this is it. It has to be the best. It yeah. has to be like, you know, like this is what I've been waiting for since I was a child, you know. And yeah, you know, it was just like this. You know, it turned out fine, I think, but, you know, just like mentally, I was just like losing sleep over it and stuff like that. Like, mm. it was too yeah. much. You know, I was too invested. And when they offered me like a bigger job, I was just like, I can't imagine doing like, you know, say 12 issues of like, you know, like take that Leonardo experience and multiply it by 12. I don't know if I can handle that emotionally. It's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, so I said no. And, um, you know, they managed to get me back from Northampton, which was great. Um, and then, 
you know, as the years kind of went on and the series like found its footing and its tone, you know, and everything and its kind of overall look, you know, I think everybody, you know, you kind of settle into like, you know, like a groove or whatever. Right. And everybody kind of just like, okay, this is what it is. This is what IDW Turtles is you know, supposed to be. And, you know, things loosened up. Everybody kind of loosened up. And, you know, there were a lot less notes that I would get back. You know, yeah. the approval process was like, you know, in the old days, it was just like this hair pulling process or whatever. But nowadays it's like, you know, no problem. Approval yeah. process, no big deal. And I think, you know, that, that was a lot of it where, you know, they let me, they let me, you know, spread my wings more. And also, you know, I'm like 10 years older. I'm like more jaded, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, in the industry. And, you know, I like to think I'm more flexible now. You know, if so, you know, if my editor or whatever, Nickelodeon is just like, you know, this one thing isn't quite working. I'll be like, sure, fine, let's change it. No big deal. It's yeah. fun, you know, my my editor, Bobby, he he said that um his his best piece of advice was don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was just like, That's insane. The small stuff is important. But like nowadays I'm like, Yeah, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Sure. And uh, you know, uh, yeah, just, you know, the series changed. I changed as a, a person and a creator. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it just felt, it felt right to to do it. And yeah, um, I actually had said no when Bobby offered me to take over writing at first. I was like. The, the run you're on now, the post yeah, 100 yeah. Turtles like Reborn, I, yeah. Yeah, I had said no at first. I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of stress. <laughs> and you know i was working on another book at the time and i was just like yeah i kind of want to finish this this other book and then mm-hmm. you know i slept on it you know for like a day or so and i was like you know i i should really do that that sounds yeah. great and then you know luckily you know the position was still available because it was pretty early on and you know it's been great and here we are yeah, <laughs> so- yeah here we are that's awesome. No, it's been a it's been a fantastic run. So for those who are less familiar, so we have post Turtles 100 here. Basically, your run begins with this Turtles Reborn era. So we have um, we have Mutant Town set up where we have like humans who have recently been turned into mutants like the Turtles, right? Whereas the Turtles were kind of always turtles. These are humans who had human lives and now have to react to life as like a giant porcupine or salamander, right. or like you know the the way we see in this universe. Um, there is, I think, a clear like there's a metaphor of one state of being to like transitioning to something else that's evident here. And I think it runs through some of your works too, like shadow eyes, you know, especially for years where that's, that's clearly pretty deliberate. Um, Shadow eyes being the story of this, this young girl in a kind of, I don't know if it's dystopian, but sort of a future, you know, yeah. Okay. It, it, okay. You know, <laughs> I don't want to insult the the town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but she turns into like kind of an alien superhero sort of thing. Um, what are you most interested in about like the setup of Mutant Town and this era of turtles in what it allows you to do in story and in this kind of societal commentary that you've integrated into your works, you know, through the years? Um, I've always been really interested in like people being transformed against their will. You know, like whether it's like a werewolf thing or like the fly, you know, it's like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and what are you drinking? What the heck was that? That is a weird uh, green smoothie that I've got going on. Some spinach and banana and uh, and some healthy fixins. Yeah, it looked good. For a second, I thought I was like, is he drinking potato leek soup out of a jar? <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. have to try that next. I'll it have to try that next. Delicious. Yeah, similar constitution. I'm, I'm <laughs> jealous now. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there's something. There's something fun about people being yeah just transformed against their will into like something else like whether it's you know fully transformed into like a monster or or transformed into like another person or maybe like just their arm is like a monster arm or something Mm -hmm. and then you know they have to figure out like what to do how do they adjust and you know whether they you know, 
take drastic steps to like, you know, change back or something, or, you know, in a lot of those stories, like, you know, like werewolf stuff or like the fly, like the character just dies at the end. Cause you know, they can't exist as like this other thing that they've been transformed into. And, you know, like obviously, you know, in turtles, like the mutation has, you know, it's not, it's never been shown to be like this horrible transmogrification where, you know, like the person's identity is destroyed or whatever, yeah. you know, like really early on, like, you know, like old Hob, you know, like he's, he's a cat and then he mutates and then he's pretty much fine. You know, he's mm-hmm. just like, all right, I'm an animal now. Or like, you know, I'm a humanoid creature now it's fine mm-hmm. and you know because there's kind of like i guess in in an implication that like their mind is also mutated so it's like there's not much adjustment right so yeah i didn't want to turn it into like a body horror thing with like the mutagen bomb like there's an aspect of that especially with some of the um i think it was Oh God! Who was the artist who drew when the bomb went off? Was it Dave Wachter? Um, I, I started with your run. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't gone back yet. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So there's like a little bit like when the people are like in the process of mutating in that you know that like initial uh, mutagen bomb blast. So there's some body horror, but you know, I didn't I didn't want it to be like you know, people like running around in the streets with these like animal instincts that they have now and stuff like that. Cause it's, you know, it's never really been like that in turtles. Right. You're kind of just, you know, you mutate and, you know, you, you generally feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's like the kind of like, you know, societal, uh, you know, implications where, like, obviously, if, like, all of a sudden you're, like, you know, a mutant cow or something, you can't just go back to your job. Yeah. You know, like, your office job is, like, you know, this mutant animal the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. And originally, I wanted all of Manhattan to be mutated. Mm. Like, I was just like, well, why don't we just expand it to, you know, the entire city or whatever and have it all walled off like escape from New York. Yeah. I thought like would have been really cool, but you know, like we were like, eh, like maybe that's a little too big. So, so we just had it, you know, this kind of specific borough or whatever of Manhattan, which was fine. Um, and yeah, just, you know, figuring out and then it, it, it kind of, you know, kind of dawned on me. I was just like, okay, so there's this area that's just mutants now. It's so like, oh, the turtles, like, they can walk around. They don't have to, like, hide in the sewers anymore. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, what what would they do? Like, what would they get to do? You know, stuff that they've never done before. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, so, yeah. So, it's kind of like, you know, the turtles' lives are kind of transformed by the mutagen bomb in, like, the opposite direction. Then. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else, you know, like everyone else, their lives kind of shrink down because, you know, they're animals now and they can't really function in society at large. But the turtles, like their their world and their lives just like get bigger because now, you know, their lives have, have always been like really small. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. Um, you know, I could do a whole a whole spinoff series of the turtles like you know, Donatello goes to the grocery store for the first time ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, you know, like, do they have to go to like the dentist now? Mm-hmm. You know, is there, like a mutant town dentist, you know, cause like, I don't think they've ever been to the dentist, you know, like are their teeth terrible? <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, obviously I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to make the whole series about the turtles doing mundane stuff, but you know, yeah, just like stuff like that, like got me really excited about it and kind of, you know, having the, the turtles do stuff that we've never seen them do before. Right, right. No, I think it's a lot of fun Um, as a reader. It's definitely like, yeah, you get to have the turtles just kind of out 
in a city of their own, you know, which is new for me, right? Instead of, you know, they have to return and hide in the sewers. Yeah. Um, the world at large is, you know, aware of their existence, right? Like this is a thing that is politicized and talked about and there's news around, you know, the fact that this mutant town exists. And then, you know, like you were saying with some of the characters like Jenica um, or some of the others where it's like they are, they had human lives and they're having a harder time adjusting. And, you know, some of them we see it's like, yeah, like they call their family and it's like, you know, their family's having trouble with uh, the fact that they're now something else, right? Like you yeah. said, you can't, you know, some of them, it's like, you know, really kind of emotionally devastating. Um, it just, it opens it up, I, I think, in many, many interesting ways. Um, how do you determine how many, so th there's, as you're kicking off this run, um, you're writing the vast majority of it, but you're you're doing art for um, storylines here and there. How do you determine when you can do both in terms of sort of the pressures of that and just like the pace and the, the, the time that it takes to do that. Um, well, like it got, it got really messed up because of COVID. Yeah. Because, you know, like originally, you know, there was the first like five issues that I drew. And then originally I was just going to jump into the next arc and draw it myself also. Yeah. And you know, my editor, you know, so then COVID hit and it just kind of, oh, can I swear on this podcast? You're fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Up. And, you know, there's this kind of like pause in it. And then my editor was also just like, you know, you know, Sophie, this is going to be a lot of work to like write and draw like nonstop without a break. And, you know, like, do you want, you know, like you should, you know, like it's totally okay, you know, if you need some help or whatever. And it just kind of like, because like, you know, like, like originally the idea was for me to just do 12 issues, right? Like write and draw 12 issues. And mm. then like I would exit and then somebody else would come in and write and draw 12 issues and they would exit and so on. Okay. And, you know, COVID kind of like threw a wrench in that. And then, you know, it's just like, like, you know, Bobby, you're right. You know, it's like a ton of work. You know, I need some kind of, you know, like, let's do like a little kind of like interim arc, you know, which was the slithery stuff with Nelson Daniel and Rhonda. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that was kind of like a thing that we came up with like really fast. And then with, you know, like I'm trying to remember how it went. Um, it kept, it kept being like, I kept thinking that I was going to come back earlier than I thought. And there kept being like all these issues that kept happening where like, I wasn't drawing it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it just, you know, the schedule just got, you know, I think it worked out like really well, you know, cause I loved to do, I loved doing those, those issues, you know, between the arcs that I drew yeah. And yeah, like a lot of it was just like, we were just really in terms of like me drawing, it was just flying by the seat of our pants, I guess. So there wasn't really like sure any like particular plan because like, um, like issue one Oh five ends with future Lita coming back from mm -hmm. the future. Mm -hmm. And originally in my like original pitch or whatever, that would just like, you know, immediately start, which was the, the arc that was like 113 to 117. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like it was just going to like go directly into that. Um, and yeah, just, you know, me just realizing that it was a ton of work and that there was no way I was going to like be able to keep up with the deadlines and, you know, the pandemic kind of just like, you know, like how long are we going to be on break for? You know, like, because there was like a pencils down order at, at one point. Yeah. Where like everything just kind of stopped in the in the industry, you know, so that was like kind of just this uncertain thing. And then, yeah, like, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all. but like, No, it is. It's, it's interesting. I think like the pandemic messed up schedules everywhere. And I think yeah. as readers, there's a, a lot of us and just kind of fans where it's like, now the at the end state of what these things manufactured as so like for turtles you know it's just going to be like well volume one and volume two without the like context of and volume two was like a fly by night seat of our pants 
you know, kind of plan to like sort of stall essentially between the pandemic because it actually works out, I think, story wise very nicely. Yeah, Um, those issues are very good and it allows you to kind of sit and live in this world in Mutant Town in a way that I think is for my my read on it was very beneficial to enjoying this world and kind of enjoying these characters. Um, But it's just kind of amazing like that it was actually like so it's so pandemic driven in ways. And I think we're seeing that across a lot of stories right now, um, you know, and in your case, it probably, it probably actually gave you the space you needed to, to yeah. then do the lead a future arc, um, you know, written and drawn entirely on your end. Right. Yeah. Because like, you know, like 12 issues, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's like a year, but it's like, actually it's like not that much. And no. yeah, you know, I wanted, because, because originally I thought I was like, oh, I'm only going to get 12 issues. I have to like, cram everything I want to do because like, I don't know if I'm going to get an, like another shot, you know, after this. So I'm just like, okay, like, what do I got? I got time travel. I got Toka and Razar, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like all the things that like, I've always wanted to put in there. Yeah. And, um, and like, uh, Lita, she, she was supposed to be Venus originally. Hmm. And so that was like another like bullet point on my list. I was like, reintroduce venus and make her cool token roger you know like, I don't know, like that like all the stuff i'd wanted yeah. to you know like i'd wanted have done for years or whatever but yeah so the way it worked out was like when i realized that um i had like like what was it like like five extra issues like in the middle there you know it was like 108 wait no six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve seven issues in the middle and I was just like, I was like, whoa, I have like seven more issues, mm-hmm. you know, and I can like, yeah, just kind of live in the mutant town world. And, you know, it's like I didn't have to cram everything in anymore. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, I, I prefer stuff where like the pacing gets to breathe more. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's like I didn't have to rush you know, it just like, it just like felt so much better. And I was like, okay, I can do my little, you know, three, three issue, like sewer monster arc, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, I love like water monsters. Um, and then, yeah, like it just like, okay. So, and then after that, it was kind of like, you know, these like not quite vignettes, but it was like, okay, like what's, michelangelo doing what's donatello doing what's leo doing like that kind of thing um right no it works nicely because it is because it is this totally it's this totally new era where you kind of have to define those things and one thing i really appreciate about your work and i I enjoy it here in turtles too is is your sense of pacing i really appreciate how we come out of that mega issue 100 and you spend a number of issues really with the turtles really internalizing and dealing with what has happened in their world, you know, and like Michelangelo is like really depressed and it's kind of, it's hard to read for a number of issues, but you don't, you don't rush it. You don't come. It's not too easy, you know, to come out of. Um, And I I think it's, it's successful in building you like, I think inevitably I'm like, the turtles are going to get together. They have to like, they have to get their act together. Right. But it's, you, you delay it enough that where it's, it's very believable that it would take that amount of time. Um, and I think the second arc is a similar thing where it's like, oh, yeah, what what would Mikey do here? Like, oh, he's starting a podcast. Like, sure. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Checks out. Um, you, so initially this was supposed to be 12 issues or that was your expectation. Um, where are you at now in terms of like how long you might be on it or kind of what the plans are for the future for you on the title? Um, my la- my final issue kept it kept it kept changing where I was just like, OK, I'll, I'll go to you know, at like 117, you know, I'll give somebody else a shot. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, then it got pushed back to like 120. And then I can't, I can't remember what changed, but then we were just like, okay, like 122. <laughs> and it was 123. And I was like, okay, like 123 is my last, you know, issue. And, you know, I had the pitch where I was going to like return to draw this kind of like finale issue or something. And then, mm-hmm. Um, Tom was going to come back, you know, I don't know if he wanted to originally, you know, cause he, he was, you know, he's doing like last Ronin and he's got his other books and he's like, you know, he's got his like editing duties and stuff like that. 
Yeah, yeah. There's and a whole so, Turtles verse that's pretty uh, pretty full right yeah, now. Yeah, and so, yeah, it, it was just kind of this, like, tentative thing where, like, I don't know if he, you know, like, he wanted there to be, like, fresh blood or whatever. Yeah. And then I was, like, you know, I had been thinking about it for weeks, but I didn't quite know how to, like, talk to Bobby and Tom about it. I was just like, well, do I have to leave? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know the plan was 12 issues, and that got really messed up. But like, you know, like who, you know, who else is in the pipeline? Like, who are you thinking about, you know, taking over after I leave? And like, nobody really had, you know, like there were some ideas, but no, you know, like, no, like nothing set in stone. And I was just like, yeah, like, what if I didn't leave? You know, like, can I keep going? Yeah. And then Tom was like, yes, that's great. And then, um, so that, that, that's why we're doing, uh, the Armageddon game stuff mm-hmm. because, you know, that was some stuff that Tom wanted to do. And then Tom was like, well, what if we both stay and like, I'll do this Armageddon game stuff and we can like collaborate on it. And, you know, you stay on the main series, which is going to tie into the Armageddon game stuff, obviously. Can you explain that for listeners? What that is? What? The Armageddon games. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know how much has been revealed, but it's basically like, you know, all the Pantheon stuff, which if you have just jumped on with my uh, my issues, I don't know if you know that much about that stuff. I, I have a passing familiarity with what's Yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, it's like uh, 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 Kitsune, Rat King, and Toad, Toad Baron, and some other of these kind of like magical entities. And, you know, they've been playing this kind of, long long term game with all the characters you know and like you know kitsune's thing where she was like summoning summoning her dragon father back with like Mm -hmm. shredder's soul and all sorts of this stuff and that that was you know like uh leading up to number 100 and but you know rat king is still out there like doing his thing so yeah so basically the the armageddon game is rat king and his siblings kind of like you know step in and you know kind of like revisiting all the threads that like tom was working on like you know pre-100 yeah yeah fun cool so okay so that's i mean that's exciting so so the plan right now is basically like this is an ongoing you're on it until until you decide otherwise which is great for the foreseeable future um I won't be drawing as much because I have to like, you know, I like I have to go off and I have to finish my shadow eyes book mm-hmm. and I have some other stuff I have to do that I can't talk about, but you know, I'll still be writing it. Um, I'm still, I'm still going to draw 123, even though it's not my final issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Cool. Awesome. No, I'm excited to hear that uh, as a huge fan of, the turtles to the secret of the use movie growing up. Like that was definitely one of my, my absolute favorite VHSs. <laughs> I was really surprised to read that this turtles run, you know, a hundred issues deep where Toka and Rezar Razar like had apparently never been introduced before. That yeah. was mind boggling to me. I was so when they debuted, when they showed up here and like the turtles didn't know them, I was like, what is happening? Like how do yeah. they not know these <laughs> iconic characters? <laughs> what well, inspired you to, to bring them into the comics verse? Like what, like what was, I guess what's your fandom around those characters and like, why did you want to make sure they were in there? Um, Well, like when I was a kid, I was, you know, like when I was like 10 or whatever, I was really into the Mirage stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what really got me into it. Yeah. So I kind of like shunned the cartoon and stuff. Like when I was a child, like that, that's not the real turtles. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I was just like, you know, they need to have all, red masks and they need to like murder people and swear, you know, like that, that's what I <laughs> yeah. wanted. And so at the time when uh secret of the use came out, like, I don't even remember if I saw it in the theater when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was like, <laughs> you know, like, there's like vanilla ice in it. Like, what is this? What is this kitty crap? Even though I was like, you know, like 11 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. but, like, um, I revisited the movie like as an adult, like decades later. And I was just like, you know, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I found out that um, originally Dr. Jordan Perry, you know, like the scientist guy. 
Okay. Like, he, he was supposed to be an alien. He was supposed to be a, a, a Utrom. Oh. You know, like the little, the little brain guys. Yeah. And they cut it out because they thought that kids would be confused and think that he was Krang. Mm. Because in, you know, in the Mirage. Oh, I would have had that problem. <laughs> right. In the Mirage books, the Utroms are good guys, right? Mm hmm. So when I read that, I was just like the whole movie just like clicked. Mm -hmm. I was like, when you like, if you watch it with the idea that he's an alien, like everything makes sense in that movie. Mm. Like Donatello's whole thing, like, oh, I thought we were special. There has to be more to it. But in the, in the final movie, like there isn't more to it, which is fine. That's kind of how like Mirage was where it's just like, you know, kind of like like downbeat or whatever like yeah like almost like nihilistic in a way yeah and but like when you think of him as an alien it just it makes total sense and there's all this stuff in that movie that's like hiding in plain sight is kind of the theme hmm. right and you know there's stuff where like dr perry talks about like the best place to hide is in plain sight and that's exactly what the turtles do at the end of the movie at the vanilla ice concert yeah, they hide, they hide in plain sight, and you know that—that's like the ultimate, like, act of stealth is being there, but people don't realize like what's actually happening, mm -hmm. right? And it just like you know, I was just like, oh my god, this movie just like makes so much sense now, and <laughs> you know, yeah. I really like Toka and Razar. I think they're better than Bebop and Rocksteady. Heck I yeah, like, someone's like, at it finally. I mean, they look awesome, obviously. But yeah. I like how, you know, they're babies. That's like the whole thing. And they don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. They, they don't get it. They're kind of like brainwashed by Shredder in a way. Right. And like, that's really interesting. And, you know, there's no, there aren't any characters like that in IDW. And so I had been trying to get Tokan Razor in there for years. But um, Bobby, the editor, I'm sorry, Bobby, but Bobby doesn't like Token Rosser. <laughs> so that was like a big obstacle. But I yeah. wore him down and um and and, and Token Rosser, they they originally were gonna be in uh 101 to 105 instead of the Weasels. It was originally uh, Okay, yeah. And I I can't remember. I think it was just like I don't remember why you know, it was partly Bobby like, yeah, I don't really like this little baby thing. They're and, harder to manage too. I right. guess, space yeah. And it was kind you of know. like, it was kind of just like, ah, oh, there's like, so, you know, Toka is just another turtle. There's so many <laughs> turtles. Right? Let's do something else. <laughs> yeah. And I think it worked out because, you know, I really like the weasels and they're inspired by some characters in the 1985 Palladium turtles RPG book. Oh, interesting. Which, was my original intro to the Mirage Turtles when I was a kid. Yeah. And Diamond the Porcupine is like straight out of that book. Oh, amazing. All yeah. this stuff from that book. We can't use the characters directly because of copyright. But, you know, I try to take inspiration like where I can because like yeah. I love that book. I still have like my... um I still have my old copies. I have them like signed by Kevin and everything. Yeah. But like, yeah, so it worked out with the with the weasels, you know, and it worked out better because like originally I had like with Tokan Razar in the same role as the weasels, it kind of like presented a problem where like, okay, so like they're just going to hang around with the turtles from then on. Yeah. It's like, you what know, are you like, how are, right. Like, how are the turtles ever good? You know, they're, they're not going to lose a fight again. Because mm -hmm. they had Tokun Razar on their side, yeah. it just yeah, it worked much better with the with the weasels. Um, so after that happened, I was just like, oh, I'm never gonna get Tokun Razar in here now. Like that was it. That was my one mm -hmm. shot. But you know, it worked out, and it fit really well with um, the whole like child soldier thing that Hob was doing. Yeah, because you know, like that was my original idea. Like him, you know, kind of brainwashing these children who were like mutated by the mutagen bomb yeah it's like infants basically you know and it's kind of like what you know because like babies it's like you know when they're mad they just you know they have a they have a tantrum or whatever and like they 
you know, they flail, you know, and cry, you know, and it's like, what if a baby had the strength to actually do anything about it? Yeah. You know, they would just like destroy everything. Right. And, you know, I thought, you know, I thought that was really fun. And, you know, then of course I had to pit them against Bebop and Rocksteady. Right. And there's yeah. a real emotional impact to that too. Cause like, yeah. I, like, I don't think I've ever been angrier with Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> <laughs> I was furious. Yeah. I'm glad that's good. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I wanted, yeah, I, I wanted them both to kind of come out. I don't know, come out on top, I guess. Cause like, yeah. you know, Toka and Roz are like, they're bigger and stronger. And, but then Bebop and Rocksteady are adults who have machine guns, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, yeah, you know, there's a nice, there's a nice balance there, I think. For sure. For sure. No, it, it works quite well. Um, I, I love so much too in that. So in your most recent arc, this 113 to 117, um, again, I said there'd be mild spoilers and I won't give away too much here, but like you, you incorporated a battle of the bands to decide the future, which I just absolutely am here for. <laughs> um, where does that influence to like incorporate music and sort of um just like these kind of epic concerts into your works come from because obviously like gem and the holograms you know that's something that you you know stylistically would have would have leveraged a lot of um i love bringing into turtles here is that something i guess is that a big part of your past or is that something where just visually you just you kind of gravitate towards those like those rock out moments um i guess both because like you know you know, I'm like a, a very amateur musician, you know, I do like, you know, I do like synth music and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I've always been like super into music. I used to go to a lot of like goth shows when I was a kid. And, you know, you know, I kind of miss it sometimes. But like, like, I don't know, it's all, you know, like music's always been like a huge, a huge part of my life. And like, a you know, probably a, more of an inspiration than you know, other comics or whatever, like other artists. Um, And I felt like, like originally I felt like I had to, um, cause if Jenica's going to be like, you know, quote unquote, the fifth turtle, you know, like what's like, what's her thing, you know, like every other turtle has like a thing that they can be, you know, I don't want to say like reduced down to, but they have this kind of like one thing that they're known for. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I really thought a lot about that. And, uh, Brom Revel who did, um, the, what is Ninja backups in TMNT universe, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it's like this alternating thing of like Jenica's past and her present at that time when she was still human and he had her in uh like the punk scene right yeah and i was just like i was like oh yeah like that's good like what if she's like the musical turtle you know so i you know he has her like going to concerts and like moshing and stuff yeah and you know like that's that's cool that's easy to like branch off from and so i just like you know, I really focused on that and, you know, I, I changed it from punk to metal. I'm sorry, Brom, but you know, cause like you can't hear the music in the comic. Like it could have been metal. It could have been a metal show. Uh huh. And that, there's, there's more crossover, I think, than people realize right, in, yeah, in those scenes know, and in those attitudes, you know? Right. Right. There's like, you know, there's like, like hardcore punk and like metalcore and stuff. Sure. But like, yeah. So it just, it just seemed like the obvious route to take. And you know, as, as much as people probably don't, don't like to admit it, you know, there's, there's always been music in Turtles, you know, mm-hmm. with like the coming out of their shells tour and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody loves the Turtles theme song, the old eighties one. Yeah. And, you know, there's like nods in the old Mirage comics where like Raph is like really into Metallica and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just it just seemed like okay this is you know she's Jenica is the is the music turtle she's like the metal turtle yeah and you know so I just I you know double down on that and with the battle of the bands thing like um, originally like like I don't know battle of the bands you know it's like a little I don't know it's like a little precious 
but like, <laughs> like originally in the original pitch, it was going to be that the kennel club got blown up. Okay. And with the kennel club blown up, you know, it's this kind of like cultural center of mutant town. Yeah. Like without it, you know, people, you know, just kind of scatter and, you know, things seem hopeless and there's, you know, it turns to war, blah, blah, blah. And, um, that, you know, the, that pitch didn't work out. And so I wrote, um, I had like a, a version B that I had already written where it was kind of the same idea, you know, this kind of like, like culture being destroyed or like, you know, culture being lost or whatever. Yeah. And I just kind of took it to, you know, like that bigger thing with the kennel club being blown up in kind of just like, okay, well, what if it's just like this really uh, personal Jenica thing where she doesn't start a band and just like that tiny thing, you know, kind of butterfly effects out. Yeah. You know, where she, you know, cause she, and it, it, it worked out, it worked out better with, you know, the one that we uh, ended up going with because like, I felt like um, her thing with Karai, like we hadn't dealt with that yet. You know, Karai basically like, you know, murdering her and stabbing her through the chest and, you know, basically, you know, you know, Karai like meant to kill her. Right. Mm hmm. You know, she had no idea that they were going to do a, a mutagen blood transfusion. Yeah. And, in effect, she did kill her, right? It's right like, yeah. Like, she succeeded, yeah. Right, yeah. So, and, you know, it, 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 so it, it worked really well to kind of, like, dovetail those two things and have it be, like, okay, if Jenica doesn't, like, have this outlet for her, like, you know, her vengeance and her emotions and stuff, she doesn't have that then she's just going to like, you know, go down this really dark path. Right. And, you know, like everything just goes to shit. And it just, and then I realized, you know, I was just like, I was like, Oh, like uh, Ben Bates and uh, Dustin Weaver, they set up Bebop and Rocksteady as musicians, as musicians, <laughs> musicians also. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, in their, you know, like Bebop and Rocksteady, destroy everything like they're shown mm -hmm. in like a punk band before they became like hench mutants or whatever yeah and i was just like i was like oh it's in the same story as be like bebop and rockstar you're already there yeah Toka and razar and they're musicians and that's like that's like maybe the one language that they understand and like respect right like, like a really like, good concert. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. They like just, you know, like rocking out, like shredding or whatever. Mm -hmm. They get it. They they understand that. They're, you know, they have music names or whatever. They used to be in a punk band. And I started wondering, like, like, do they miss that? You know, like, do they prefer being goons to like having this awesome band? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so, you know, it just it it all just like like really fit together. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, the, I don't know, battle, like battle of the band stuff. It never really makes sense, you know, because like, how do you fight like in a band? Like, how do you determine like who rocks harder <laughs> or whatever? It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But it was more like a thing that Bebop and Rocksteady would understand and get them to stop killing Toka and Razar, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, like as soon as, as you know, like Lita and uh, Jenny, like step out, like, Hey, battle the bands. It's like this kind of simple, dumb concept and bebop and Rocksteady, you know, they immediately stop with like their machine gun and chainsaw, like, Oh, battle the bands. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it just like, I don't know. It just really made sense. It just really worked. For I think me. it does. It clicks. Um, it, yeah. I think like when you just, it's almost like when you just say it out loud, it like, it sounds goofy, but then when you think about it, <laughs> well, it is goofy. It's supposed it to is. be. Right. No, it's, yeah, it's like, and it can be, um, but it's also like, it's very fun and it helps us. It helps us understand Jenica in a way that I don't think I had understood the character to that point, you know, with her being new and in need of development. Like you said, like there has to be, there has to be a thing to her that, yeah. that that kind of i think especially like something that can 
differentiate Jenica from Roth for me as a newer reader, where it was like, okay, they're both kind of angry and uh, you know, like, okay, but what, what is actually the differences? And this helps flesh that out a bit. Um, and then I just, there is, I guess you could call it goofy, but it's also like, it's very delightful and very charming that Bebop and Rocksteady awful as they can be would be like, yeah, that, that concert ruled. <laughs> We're out of here. Yeah, we'll yeah. Town. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like they would just, you know, like it's hard, it's hard to show in a comic, but like, you know, I just imagined like them kind of standing back there, like, like, oh, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And like Bebop is just like, you know slightly like bopping his head or whatever (laughs) you know it's just like it it, yeah it just really made sense and originally i had um i had bebop and rock city and anchovy play right Mm. like they got their chance to be on stage and i had like you know the other because i wanted it to be like like the reason jenica and her band, like, you know, succeeded, you know, doing air quotes here, like, you know, won the battle of the bands, quote unquote, is because mm-hmm. they have all this, this emotion and like trauma that they're like expunging by playing this, this music, like whether it's, you know, technically good or not, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like maybe their song was, was shitty, but they just like, you know, put so much into it, like, you know, Jenica, like purging her demons by doing this mm-hmm. and, you know, finding this outlet. And I wanted, like I had Bebop and Rocksteady play and they would have like no demons to purge because they're just like assholes or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. their music was like technically amazing, but yeah, there's just like nothing there. They're kind of like empty people. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to have, you know, kind of like they stop playing or whatever. And then it's just like crickets in the crowd. Yeah. You know? And I just like, you know, and they kind of get booed off the stage or whatever. But I don't know. It, that just, it felt, I don't know. It like felt like, you know, you want to be mean to be Bop and Rocksteady because they're jerks. But at the same time, it it, it felt too mean or something. Hmm. yes and then you know i had versions where like bebop and rocksteady play first and then jenica plays and like blows them out of the water or or i had her play first and then them and i don't know i didn't like any of it until Hmm. i had it where they're you know like and like natsu like she's been trying to kind of rein them in the whole time and she's just like all right that was tight like that's great let's just go this is stupid (laughs) Yeah. And then I felt, you know, like, again, I felt like Bebop and Rocksteady would like understand that language. Yeah. You know, and they'd, they'd be like, all right, all right, this is, you're right, let's go. Right. No, yeah. I, I appreciate that resolution. It is interesting hearing that process of all yeah. the, all the it, different variations, you know, because it seems, it's, it like seems so simple, but then it's actually pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I wanted like, I wanted Jenny, you know, because she was, she's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, like resisting the band thing at first. She's like, oh, I don't like how it's like this preordained thing. And I wanted her playing like good, like whether it's good or bad, like I wanted it to be its own reward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of had, I kind of tried to acknowledge that word because, you know, Koya joins because she wants to humiliate Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, and she's like, I was like, I was, excuse me, I was told there would be a battle. Mm-hmm. You know, like, where is this? And Jenny's yeah. like, I wasn't for nothing. Yeah. So I just, you know, I wanted it to be its own reward kind of thing at the end. And I felt like um, I had an, I had another version where like, like after that, Bebop and Rocksteady just start like beating everyone up, mm-hmm. you know, and just like trashing the place. I was like, oh, I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. You know, like maybe it's a bit anticlimactic to have them just leave, but um, I felt like that was the best way to do it. And that was the one I was most happy with. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's definitely the most positive revolu- uh, resolution <laughs> that I think we could have gotten because then you because then you're able to tie a bow on kind of the future Alita stuff as right. well, you know, yeah. and it's not in the shadow of more horrible things happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which and is nice. It also kind of, it, it kind of leaves the door open 
for Bebop and Rock City a bit more as characters, I thought. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. You know, they've never really, they've never had any kind of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say depth, but, like, like maybe, you know, I thought Bebop kind of being, like, like, yo, like, you did a good job or whatever was, like, out of character. But, like, um, again, it's, like, you know, they understand what, like, rocking out means and, like, you know, being musicians. And I felt like that kind of left it open for them. Like, if they ever did come back, you know, they're still horrible people. You know, they murdered Donatello or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's still that kind of, like sliver of respect between the characters and i thought like that was more interesting to for bebop and rocksteady to leave on than them getting booed or them like trashing the place yeah you know? yeah like, no, it, it's... It, it leaves them in a different spot than they started right which, like, right yeah it's a little nuance to it which is which is good um, so I highly recommend everybody check out Turtles. It's a really, really great book. Again, like it's your run starts with issue 101. Um, I think a lot of readers, you know, probably going to want to read the the City at War arc that yeah, precedes great. that. Yeah, it's good. And it sets the stage for everything. Um, so aside from Turtles right now, uh, which is, you know, I hope goes for a, a good long while. Um, what What's kind of in the creator own pipeline? And like, what's the what's your plan there with some of your creator own work? Because I think, you know, things like Wet Moon, which you worked on for a long time, I, I believe is done, correct? Yeah, done for, yeah. For, for now. For now. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the door is open. You mentioned Shadow Eyes. Like what, what else are you, you looking at on the creator own side? Uh, yeah. So I'm going back to work on uh, the next Shadow Eyes book, which I've been chipping away at for years. Um, it's not really, it's not really like a pay your rent book. Yeah. You know, so like I've just been like trying to do like bits and pieces over the years, like where I have time. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well, uh, financially right now. So I'm like, now's the time to just finish this book. Finally, you know, it's been years. Um, and after that, I have like a couple, I have a couple projects that I might do. Like I really want to do, um, either like a kaiju book, you know, cause I'm like really into giant Japanese monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would involve like, uh, like drawing a lot of like buildings and stuff, which take a long time. So I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> um, and I also want to do, so I, uh, I used to self publish, you know, many, many years ago, kind of this like, like power metal barbarian fantasy book called mountain girl. Amazing. Yeah. And you know, like that was really fun. I used to do these kind of like ash cans for conventions. Yeah. Of that. And, you know, I've always wanted to bring that back partly because it takes place in like this, like Arctic landscape, you know? So there's like no real backgrounds I have to draw. It's just like, mm-hmm. snow. So I'm like, you know, that's really nice. Um, but yeah, I would love to get, get back to mountain girl and like do a new version of that. Um, and uh, I actually started, I started a book before I took on turtles about a group of dwarves, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons dwarves. And I actually started drawing that book before I got turtles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might go back to that, but I kind of want to do the barbarian stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's, pretty much it on the creator on stuff. It's, you know, it's a little up in the air, but I'll know more like after I finish shadow eyes. Sure. Sure. Okay. And shadow eyes, is that, is that coming out through, um, is that Kickstarter via iron circus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll include a link here in the show notes. I know some of that is available, um, to read is the, the web comic that I started at, I think on your Tumblr, uh, is probably some of the older stuff. Still up? I, I don't remember if I, if I still have that up. There's, I read some of it not too long ago, so oh, some okay. of it's up. I couldn't tell you exactly how much. Yeah. If you don't want it to be up, FYI, <laughs> it is still up. No, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because you know, my I had planned on you know running it on Tumblr, and then getting through all the material that I had already, and then the next book would come out. But yeah. then you know, there's kind of like a mass exodus from Tumblr. Yeah, right. And I just 
you know, I just kind of forgot about Tumblr, I guess. Like I haven't signed into that account in a while. Oh yeah. You're not alone on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, like you, like you can buy the existing book, um, through Amazon or like iron circus. I think there's a digital version of it, like a PDF kind of thing, like comiXology. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll, uh, we'll put some links here for people to check yeah. it out. Um, what can you, what else can you tease about what's to come in Ninja Turtles uh, without giving anything away? Yeah. Cause I'm, I just finished, I just finished writing um, issue 120. Um, I'm trying to think like, what can I tease? It's not like big spoilers. Um, I mean, they do, you know, the, the kind of rally stuff that's been kind of teased for a while finally yeah. happens. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't go down as planned, you know, shit hits the fan. Um, I'm trying to like, uh, I don't think I have any like classic characters I'm introducing. Um, I want, I still kind of want to, uh, I still kind of want to introduce Armagon, like the mutant shark from the Archie series. Okay. Yeah. And I did have a pitch originally with Armagon, but it, you know, it got scrapped. So, you know, know, maybe Armagon will show up at some point. Um, you know, Shredder gets to, Shredder gets to do more. Like I'm finally starting to get back to like the Shredder is a good guy stuff. So yeah. he'll show up in 118. It's kind of like a, a Shredder-centric issue. Okay, cool. Um, the, the Slithery, you know, the Mutant Eel may make a return. Okay, yeah. Um, I think, I'm sure like after I get off the podcast here, I'll think of like, oh, I should have I should have told them that. Like, that sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, oh, oh, you know, Hob, Hob will get like, you know, a little bit of comeuppance. That's something that'll happen. Long time um, coming on that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the issue that I'm coming back to draw, 123, is going to be like a Leo-focused issue. So he's going to get to do some stuff. Um, yeah. I wish I could just, you know, I wish I could tell you all sorts of stuff, but I'll get in trouble. No, no. Yeah, no, it's, I, it, it wouldn't be as fun to read it either. So I, <laughs> I, that's totally fine. Um, cool. No, that's good. So people should keep checking that out again. We'll include links here in the show notes for all turtles related things. Uh, final question for you. What are you listening to these days, uh, while you write and or draw what kind of music you're digging? Yeah. What am I listening to? I've been listening to a lot of the midnight. It's like this, he's this kind of like vaporwave synthwave. Okay. Project. Like that's really good. Um, I've been listening to this this uh, death metal band's uh, Starforger, who yeah. I recently discovered. I really like them. Uh, let me check my iTunes thing here. What have I been listening to? Mm, 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 mm. Let's see. Uh, Red Handed Denial. I've been really into. I like this metalcore band. Um, I've been trying to get into Falconer's final album, but I don't like it that much. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with them. Um, I'm really into this this uh, power uh, metal band called Beast in Black. Beast in Black. I listen to okay. them a whole lot. Yeah. I'm going to check all this out. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically just taking Rex for myself at this point. So <laughs> this is this is perfect. Uh, Sophie, it was a pleasure talking to you. Where uh, where should people find you? Where can they look for your work? Um, my main hub is Twitter. Um, I'm mooncalf1 there, M-O-O-N-C-A-L-F-E, and then the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like that's like my main hub. Uh, I, have, I have an Instagram, but it's only for pictures of Japanese monster toys. That I have. Okay, nice. And that's uh, Mooncalf23 at uh, yeah Instagram. Uh, I think that's it. I have a DeviantArt account, but like I don't really update it that much anymore. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, your art, your art's out there. It's uh, a yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's out there. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's the best place though. Cool. Good deal, Sophie. This was so much fun talking to you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and and talking all things uh, comics. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me.